0: Hi there, welcome back to the I Am Mom podcast. I am your host Dimple Aurora. Today we are talking about something a little more unconventional in the mom life and parenting realm, but nonetheless super important to help us continue to build the empowered family and continue to hold our family's legacy. We're talking to David Edie. He is a certified executor advisor who has worked in the financial planning industry in Montreal for more than 35 years. And he's the author of the book, Executor Help, How to Settle in a State, Pick an Executor and Avoid Family Fights. Now, nobody wants to have this conversation. It's, uh, it's not easy. And nobody likes talking about death and inheritance, but what Edie has learned From personal experiences, having this conversation earlier than later will save a lot of time, a lot of money, alleviate a ton of stress and ensure that your family is gifted the gift of togetherness and your deceased wishes are properly and efficiently carried out. Now, David is not just an expert, he has an amazing story to share based on his personal experience and uh, he is on a mission to help families stay together rather than fall apart. So thank you so much, David, for being here. We appreciate your time and we're looking forward to the conversation.
1: People, thank you for having me here. Um, statistics show that, you know, about 60% of Canadians don't have an estate or a will plan. And more often than not, it's men that have a will more than women do. And because of the way the family unit is today, we have to make sure that you provide and have some sort of plan and have an executor in place, along with your estate plan, so that you don't leave your family, I'm going to say this a bunch of times, so that you don't leave your family uh, disorganized and in chaos.
0: Absolutely, and you have uh, a personal story to share about this, so I think we should just get right into it and tell us what happened uh, with your family.
1: Well. In my case, it took seven years, 10 court appearances and $50,000 in lawyers fees to settle my parents' estate, and they had a will. And, um, and where my parents fell down in terms of, um, you know, keeping the family together, um, and I should say, since my parents have passed away, it's been about 10 years, we no longer own the assets that uh, they own, and collectively, the three children haven't spent the holidays together. And um, wh- you know, every time I would tell people what I was going through, I would hear, you know, about one executor who was having problems with a beneficiary or an inheritor, or I'd hear about a family that had broken up and was no longer talking anymore. So mm-hmm. I didn't want anybody to have to go through what I went through. So I uh, wrote the book during Covid. Um, and it resonates with a lot of people because it's something that, People don't want to talk a lot. Talk about it's mm-hmm. kind of a dirty little secret because people don't want to talk about money, and they don't want to talk about estate planning. They don't want to talk about wills. Mm-hmm. In my case, for my parents, even though I've been an advisor, uh, financial advisor for, for over thirty-five years, I've you know had hundreds of clients in my office, and I'd sit down with them, and along with the lawyer, and we you know work on their estate plan and their will. But the day that we brought my parents in, I couldn't do it. I didn't sit in the room. I couldn't fathom sitting down talking about the death of my parents. Mm -hmm. And the only one that was in the room was my one of my sisters. And we have I had another sibling who wasn't there, but didn't know that there was a a will. And um, when my mother passed away, um, that's where the, the problem started to to uh, alleviate because even though you might think that something should be is equal doesn't mean mm-hmm. to, it's going to be fair mm-hmm. in the eyes of someone who's going to be an inheritor and a lot of families might say well you know what that's not going to happen to us because we get along at Christmas the holidays we all we play games and board games that's not going to happen um, you have absolutely no idea how people are going to behave when there's going to be a death in a family on an unexpected emergency and you have you really don't know about somebody until you have to share an inheritance with them and that seems to be the problem today with a lot of families Um, there's three types of families there's a family who have no will they don't want to talk about the situation Mm -hmm. there's the family that they have they have done a will And but they don't let anybody know about anything about it. They don't have a conversation. So they let the paperwork do the talking when they're gone. And that's where the fights start. And then Mm -hmm. there's the third type of family who have the conversations. It's an ongoing process and they prepare the family for the next generation. A lot of times inheritances or don't pass on to the they might make it 70 percent make it to the second generation Mm -hmm. and by the third generation it's no longer there because there's a family breakup because of lack of communication
0: absolutely and and even from looking around at families that i know personally i mean this is a very very common common problem that you must see very often and so i mean how can we prevent this from happening in our families like like what do we steps do we need to take I mean why does this even happen with the people that we love the most
1: well we all start out believing that all of our families are perfect and we Mm -hmm. and um we start out thinking that but there we but we know that there's some family members that when push comes to shove you really don't like them and you know and you can see in the future if there was going to be a problem or there's a death yeah. in family that they are going to be a problem so yeah. the first thing that you need to do is is that and we can split this into two sort of conversations in terms mm-hmm. of someone who who doesn't have a will yeah. and let's say for example they have and they have children the first thing you want to do is make sure that you have had a conversation with your spouse to choose a guardian so you wanna have that conversation about, you know, the person that we're gonna choose as the guardian. Um, what's their willingness to be the, the guardian? What's their financial situation? Mm-hmm. Um, where would the child live? Um, you know, which could be a, a, a kind of touchy subject. What are their values, their religious beliefs, political beliefs, and what are their skills as a parent? And also the age and health of the individual. Does that make sense to ask them as a guardian? The reason why I talk about those five areas there that you want to have Mm -hmm. that conversation in my book, I talk about a friend of mine, Danielle, and she told me her story about how she was raised. Now her dad passed away when she was 12 years old and she had a five-year-old brother and Mm -hmm. her father had no will. So in the parking lot of the funeral home, after his burial, he she came from a pretty large family. one aunt took her and the other aunt took her brother. so they were split up yeah. and even though she's had a great um childhood and she says she's happy um she remembers that her parent her aunt always had to go to court because the public curator the government was in charge of their finances so anytime she needed extra money for school or for yeah. uh, you know for activities, they'd always have to go to you know to to the courts so mm-hmm. When it comes to your family and you have children, you want to make sure within your estate plan and your will that you've made allowances for your, for the guardian so that you don't allow um, the government to raise your children. So having said that, the next step is to make sure that you have a will. Um, and then the other components that if you were to sit down with a, a, a lawyer is that you'd want to ask the questions about Um, they'll ask you about, you know, who do you want as your executor? Mm -hmm. That's what my book is based on, the part of the the angle of the executor because executors, you're asking someone to take on a pretty big job um, and it's one big favor. So you're asking somebody on average to, you know, um, put aside about 100 hours, working Mm -hmm. hours Mm -hmm. and spend anywhere between 18 to 24 months to settle your estate. So you need to figure out, who am I going to choose as my executor and you want to prepare them as much as possible for the job ahead, especially if there's a, you know, they're also going to have to deal with the guardian. I'm going mm-hmm. on pretty a long time, but did I answer your question? Because there's so much more we can talk. There's so
0: much, there's so much. And in your book, you say that 80% of the respondents who were named executor um, have no prior experience even administering a will. So uh, how absolutely. do you even? I mean, usually people think of choosing a family member. I mean, there's so many aspects to this conversation. So I just want to go in all different angles.
1: And absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, it's a it's a a lot of people take on the job because it's they're honored and it's, it's a honorable. big favor. Yeah. It's, it's honorable. But also yes. you also have to understand you don't have to take the job. Uh And a lot of um, a lot of people can just, you know, um, say, no, I don't want to take the job. Or if there are a lot of times I have a friend of mine, Mm -hmm. she's been named um, executor and didn't know that she was named executor until she got a a phone call from a lawyer. And then at that point, she had to uh, she renounced because she knew there was other family dynamics that she knew there was going to be problems. So um, if you're asked to be an executor, you don't you don't have to take on the job. But if you do take on the job Mm -hmm. to make it a lot easier on yourself, you're going to need a bunch of professionals to help you because 99% of the people who take on the job have no idea. So you want to make sure that you're able to find an accountant or work with an accountant. You want to have a, a, to work with a lawyer. You want to have a a financial advisor. Those are the three minimum um, professionals that you may have to deal with Mm -hmm. on average, a lot of times, depending on the size of the estate, what's involved, You may use up to 17 different professionals to get the estate settled. Mm -hmm. So why I say as uh, someone who's writing the will is that Mm -hmm. you want to prepare your executor as best you can. So as much as you might need them when you're dead, you need to prepare them when you're alive. So you want to make it as easier on them. So you want to let them know, you know, you know, where the will is kept. I talk mm-hmm. about uh, making sure it's in a, a brightly colored envelope in a file so it can be found. Because when there's a death in the family, people are mm-hmm. traumatized, yeah. and pe- you can't find things when you're in trauma when you're traumatized. So make it easier on your in your uh, executor and put all those important papers in a brightly colored envelope. So let's say, for example, red. So,
0: so would you the- would you suggest that we give this person that we've chosen the copy beforehand?
1: Absolutely. So. These are the things that you, how you want to set them up. So you want to um, let them know where the will is kept. You also want to let them know that you've had the conversation with your family, letting you know what their, your wishes are going to be. Mm -hmm. And um, because a lot of times and I talk about in the book, the triangle of conflict Mm -hmm. and and in the triangle of conflict, if, if you're an executor and you come across, there's either no will, there's a second, uh, second marriage whether the the, um, siblings don't get along yeah you've got a big problem you've got a major league problem so you want to make sure that you've prepared them and prepared your family by having the conversations Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that um, you let them know that you've chosen a guardian Mm -hmm. depending on who the uh, guardian is you know that'll be named in the will and how you want them to be taken care of you also want to and Which is a popular question that a lot of executors ask, can I be paid? Absolutely, you can be paid. So you may want to make an allowance within the will and say that they could be paid. But then again, sometimes the executor is also the beneficiary and they may not accept a payment or take any payment. And then the other thing is the executor you've chosen, do you have a co-executor? Mm-hmm. Is this co-executor another executor? So let's say, for example, there's two. Mm -hmm. Are these two people going to get along? Because you have to understand nothing can go forward with the estate. All papers have to be signed by not one person, but two people. So if you've got a fight and the two of them don't get along, that's Mm -hmm. just going to delay the the executor settling the estate, making those 100 hours become 150 hours, 200 Mm -hmm. hours that they have to settle the estate. So it's a lot of work. Again, it's not a topic that a lot of people want to talk about but mm-hmm. you need to prepare not only yourself but also prepare your family this mm-hmm. is probably the biggest gift of love that you can give to your family by organizing yourself and making sure that you don't leave them like I said disorganized and in chaos
0: absolutely now a lot of people choose the executor to be a family member who may also be a beneficiary so correct so is that the right angle? I mean, this executor should have probably a whole financial picture.
1: Well, not so much the financial. Well, the whole financial picture, you you want to make sure that they know what the will is. You make sure that you can prepare them. So, you know, what, I've got an accountant. I've mm-hmm. got a lawyer. Here's a financial advisor in that brightly colored red envelope. Think okay. of it as if there's an emergency, you're going to break the glass, pull the, the lever. Mm-hmm. Think of it. You're breaking the glass, but this glass is this brightly red uh, folder. So inside mm-hmm. there is the will. Something mm-hmm. we don't talk about is yeah. the digital assets. Yes. People do a ton of, of uh, things online now, and um, you want to make sure that yeah, when I talk about you know digital assets, it could be your, your banking, investment yeah. accounts, it could be payment services like uh, PayPal, your credit cards, you got your email. You got your social media, utilities, yes. websites that you maintain, all of those things. Memberships,
0: got, yeah, so many different things. They, they all got
1: logins and... and passwords. Yeah. And for every recently, I read that for every email address, there's probably about 160 um, identities lo- um, linked to that particular uh, email address. Mm-hmm. So if you can get into those, e- um, those. know accounts then things can go go awry especially if there's banking mortgage Mm -hmm. payments all of those Mm -hmm. logins and passwords you need to have that along with the will inside that brightly colored red envelope Mm -hmm. to make it easier on the executor you also want to make sure that um you you make sure that for social media that you because every social media outlet has its own way to shut down the account Ironically, just before I was to uh, tape with you, mm-hmm. I saw in LinkedIn, a friend of mine, and they were saying, say, congrats, happy birthday. Unfortunately, this person has passed away five months ago. But clearly the executor doesn't know how to shut down all those all those social yeah. media accounts. So yeah. you want to make it easier on the executor to know what the logins and the passwords are for the social media accounts, because each one has their own ways of um, shutting down the accounts so Mm -hmm. what you can do to make Mm -hmm. it easier on the executor is list the email accounts Mm -hmm. um list all the login passwords Mm -hmm. leave it with the executor let them know it's in the red uh, brightly colored red envelope let the Mm -hmm. family or family members if there's some personal information you don't want the executor to know let them know where the the passwords are um, kept Mm -hmm. you know there's um there are issues not issues but there are solutions that you can you know you know store it online you Mm -hmm. um all these logins and passwords or you might keep it in that red folder you Mm -hmm. want to keep it in a safe Mm -hmm. um and then you want to keep a make sure that you keep this digital footprint that you have um easily accessible especially if you want somebody to how can someone get into your your phone or your computer Mm -hmm. if they don't know the the passwords to To um, get things done, so it's critical to ensure a a smart transition to help the estate get settled.
0: Okay, so so even our online assets are part of this estate planning.
1: Absolutely, what you're saying.
0: Okay, and so I mean, there's a lot of people who listen to our podcast who haven't been in the country for for that long as well. And so, can you just tell our moms a little bit about what is the process? to even get this started, like get your will, get your estate, you know, start getting your estate plan in place?
1: Well, you, there's the various different ways. I mean, there's a lot of solutions that you can, you know, do it on online mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, a lot of people will shy away saying, well, <clears throat> excuse me, that it's going to take a a little, it's going to be more expensive if I go to a lawyer. Yes, mm-hmm. it might be a little bit more expensive, mm-hmm. but you're saving the couple hundred dollars that you may spend to have a will done by a lawyer will save your family thousands of dollars in taxes and also thousands of dollars of heartache because if, the, if things don't go well or mm. don't go the way they like, it could end up in court. Okay. I can use myself as an example. Even though my parents had a will, it still cost us $50,000 to settle out of state. So you want to make sure that you... Um, have the will and you and make sure you take care of that so when you Mm -hmm. go see the the lawyer Mm -hmm. be prepared to be asked about who's going to be the executor who's going to be the guardian are there any um charitable um endeavors you'd like to give to um are there any specific personal property like cars or jewelry or artwork that you want to leave to them Mm -hmm. uh, to to someone um, what, what what's going to happen to the pets? And you know the pet might be a furry uh, yes. uh, member of the family, and everybody loves it. But in the yes. eyes of the of the law, it's just it, it's it's not a person; it's a thing. Yeah. So yeah. you need to make sure that you mention what you would like to be uh, have done, and, and you'll be asked that question. If yeah. you have pets, what would you like to have uh, done with them inside the will? Do you want them to go to a family member or someone else, or do you want them to go to you know, the SPCA or okay. something humane. So all of those core questions that you want to be um, prepared for. And who would you want as your beneficiaries? Who yeah. are you leaving, you know, your assets to? Yeah. And if the beneficiaries were to pass away before you, yeah. what would what would you like uh, to happen to their portion of, of the estate? Mm-hmm. Where, would you, where, where would you like it to go? Mm-hmm. So those are just some of the basic questions that a, a lawyer is going to ask you and okay. you should be prepared when you go to sit down to ask those questions to be answered those questions sorry
0: there's so much information i mean when when somebody passes away i mean would there, there's so much grief right you can't really think so logically so you're suggesting yes have things in place have these questions ask these questions before you're put into a situation where you have to deal with it right and and we're at an age as well now where a lot of us uh, women and moms, we're caring for our children and we're also starting to have to care for aging parents. So we're kind of in this middle. So we, you're suggesting we do this process for our own immediate family with our partner and our children, and then do this process, be very clear on it for our parents as well. Now, what are some of the things that siblings can do to work together to prepare for this?
1: Okay, so what you're talking about is what's also known as the sandwich family. Yes. It's a touchy subject because, you know, the parents may feel that you're intruding. And so it's, 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 it's pretty, it's hard to bring up the conversation. And it's gonna have yes. to be an ongoing process. So a good way to start the conversation is to say, you know what? My partner and I, we just updated our wills. This is who our, our guardians are going to be. And, you know, we were just getting things organized just in case because a friend of ours, we heard that they had problems. Mom and dad, what have you done? Or, mm. um, you know, don't, don't look as if you are prying into their business or you're worried about yes. your inheritance or something like that, but you just want to make sure that they understand that you care about them and you're just asking some questions. Now it depends on how the conversation or the the family relationships have gone. If the if mm-hmm. the parents are saying, "Well, why are you asking these questions? Are you worried about money?" Blah blah blah. Just saying, no, because I know that if something was to happen, mm-hmm. I need to know that everything is going to be okay. Because you know, if mom and dad are in um, intensive care, mm-hmm. that's not the place to find out that there's no will. Exactly. and i can assure you you can have a meaningful conversation when somebody when they're on a ventilator so yeah. all you want to do is just ask the questions it, it could take place over at holiday time i don't suggest doing it at you know pass the turkey you know by the way what you're doing with your will wouldn't yeah. suggest that i would wait I, you know maybe the next day a couple of hours later yeah. and just say this is what we're doing and make it an ongoing process make it make it so that it's it becomes a normal part of the family yeah. get-together. Because, again, 70% of inheritances mm-hmm. don't make it past the second generation. And you want to make it part of the, you know, we there's a lot of talk about this intergenerational wealth. Yes. yes but the intergenerational wealth, wealth is going to stop if there's no conversation so it can pass on to the next mm-hmm. generation and the next generation. Mm-hmm. So it's all going to start about with conversations, and conversations matter. Um, I like to say a legacy isn't what you leave people, but it's how you leave them. So you want to make sure that you leave a legacy and not a legacy and a mess. So not only in your own family, but also have that conversations with your, your parents. Um, and And as your parents, maybe they're, maybe they do have a will, they haven't talked about it. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of parents don't want to talk to their kids about it because it's going to make them upset because they may not like to hear what they're going to, what's in the will, mm-hmm. but it's the parents' choices. Uh, I was speaking to a, a lawyer not too long ago and he was telling me that before families used to fight when the parents had passed away over the estate. Now it's not uncommon for families to fight while the parents are still alive over the and they're not even dead yet. So yeah. If there's the ongoing conversations, mm-hmm. it'll be, make it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, your parents can do whatever they want with your estate, and you're not entitled to anything, but you want to make sure that everything is organized and it's going to be done in an orderly way.
0: Absolutely. I mean, there's so much involved in it, and I do 100% agree with having the conversation. The thing is, parents always feel like, oh, wow, you're already planning my death." right? That's the the common misconception. But you're absolutely right. It makes everything so much easier. Now, what about like, what's a good timeline? Like, so say somebody passes away, say it's our parent passes away. And I mean, everything can't get done at once, right? It's very overwhelming. So what do you suggest that children, siblings, adult children and siblings, what are they what do you suggest they do after their parents pass? Um, and then what's the timeline for settling things like heirlooms or, you know, jewelry or things like that? Like, what, what's a good process well, to follow, like timeline wise?
1: There's, well, there's no, every family is going to be different. Mm-hmm. But I would say the first thing you need to do, and that's the first chapter in my book, is take time to grieve. Yes. Grieve, everything, all that other stuff can wait yes. and everybody's going to grieve differently. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I talked to a psychologist in, in terms of, you know, how, what's the best ways to handle grief? Cause everybody's going to, and that's where we have a lot of families lashing out because everybody's grieving and they don't know how to handle it. I can tell you, um, you know, and that's probably why with our family, it, we did, I remember when my, my mom passed and one the, the one sibling there was a major argument uh in the hospital just outside her while she's passing away yeah. and and it's and people know that the, the inevitable is coming or or there there is the death and they grieve differently and they're going to lash out so you have to take time to grieve and you need to figure out what's going to be the best way to handle that grief and if you're the executor a lot's going to be you know um placed on you, but you have to take time to grieve, take care of yourself, take care of your family. Mm -hmm. But then you also have to understand that this is also a sort of a business, because now you're going to be talking to, you know, um, government workers and different Mm -hmm. people. And you're Mm -hmm. going to have to be saying, well, my mom's passed away, or my dad's passed away. And it's going to be a trigger all the time. But you're going to get used to it. Well, you're never going to get used to it. But you have to understand that this is a a business. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to put your feelings aside to, mm-hmm. to move what has to get done um, mm-hmm. with, with settling the estate and then you know if you're the executor hopefully in that bright red envelope your 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 mom and dad they had funeral arrangements already organized to so make it easier on it because if you're not in our case my mom did have a pre-arranged funeral so that made it easier on us whereas mm-hmm. my dad didn't so that we had to take a you know go in and, and, and deal with that So it's, again, when it comes back to um, whatever you can do in advance to make Mm -hmm. it easier on your family, it's going to go a long way in terms of helping the healing process, because we're never going to to grieve, you're never going to feel the same. I still miss my mom, my mom's voice every day, both of their voices every day, and it's not the same, and your life is going to take, you might have seen your life with your parents' as a straight line and when they're gone it's it seems everything seems off kilter everything doesn't seem the same so you you need to figure out how you're going to move on and then how you're going to have to um you know take care of yourself to go forward
0: and for these families that have been estranged do you feel that there is any remedy or solution
1: again i talk about that in the book it's you it's it's Whoever they are, they're gonna show you who they are, so and if they've always been that way, so at some point you're gonna to have to make a decision. Am I gonna accept who they are? Am I gonna try and reconcile, or are you gonna be happy with or at peace with just cutting them out of your lives? But that's there's no right answer. You have to make that decision. Are you gonna have because of you know the the loss of a parent um how are we going to move forward? Do we want the family to break up? Because if you think about it, the, the mom and dad, the matriarch and the patriarch, they're they're they always the glue. You knew yes. at holiday time, you knew where you're going to be going there. Yes. You knew that certain foods would be done. You know, there was going to be certain rituals and stuff like that. And either one of them or both of them are gone. So now as a, those left behind, are we going to carry on those traditions? Are we going to carry on those rituals? Are mm-hmm. we going to sit down at the table and talk about them? We do that um, with my, the, the, the sibling that I, I am close to now. We still, you know, at Christmas and all the holidays, we'll still talk about what my mom would say or what my mom would do or, or funny little things. If there's a breakdown in the family, you need to figure out where are we going from here? How do we want this to, do we just want to go off on our separate, our separate ways? Because we know if our parents were there, it would break their hearts. So you need to figure out how do we want to go forward.
0: Absolutely. And I really do uh, believe in, in forgiveness being for ourselves, not for the other person. And it's not always easy to continue the relationship, but it is uh, easier said than done to um, forgive and forget because you'll never forget. It's There's just so much pain there and it really stays with you and it really does leave almost like a black mark on the legacy of the family and I always wish that families could uh, somehow reconcile and I've seen people who start talking to each other again after you know 30 40 years yeah, right so it's it's, it's always possible.
1: I, I, I've, I have friends I had one friend who was telling me about how his family broke up he doesn't talk to his brother and talk to years because yeah. of Royal Dalton China yeah. The, the the china was left to his wife and mm-hmm. um the brother wanted the china for his his daughter and he and you know the two brothers are talking he says go talk to my wife and she says no your mother wanted me to have it yeah. came back to his brother used a word we're not going to use on, on in the broadcast and they haven't spoken for years and just because of rolled off in china yeah. so you have to make a decision of where where do you want the family to go? Is this what you you'd want your mom and dad to, um, you know, what they've built up and what they left behind? Is this how you want it to go? Everybody has to make their their choices. Absolutely. Um,
0: Absolutely. And, and through your personal experience, it's, it's brilliant what you've shared with us today and so much information. And I love the fact that it's driven you to write this book so that It saves everyone else so much trouble because it was a lot mentally emotionally physically taxing for your family and i would suggest everyone go out and get this book and before we tell everyone uh, about where to get your book and and all the details about that is there anything else that you feel that we haven't talked about that you'd like to share
1: well we we've we we talked about you know as much as we're saying and it makes sense to us to let's have those conversations Mm -hmm. recently i was talking to a lawyer who has done hundreds he's done hundreds maybe thousands of wills and part of his and part of his uh service was as a third party he would sit down with the with the the family so on behalf of the parents and explain to the children what was going to to uh, happen in the will and what their parents have done and he told me over the thousands of wills he's done only eight people has ever taken it up on taken them up on the offer to do that and that's because wow. people the families don't want to have that conversation it's uncomfortable um, to talk about to talk about death to talk about a will in the state because they're worried about what the kids are going to say and how it's going to affect the family going forward so As much as we might say, it makes sense to have those conversations. And and again, I know in my case, my parents didn't have that conversation with us. And that's where we are. Our three siblings aren't the same today, is that families need to have those conversations and make sure that if you really care about your family and you care about the existence for them to go on after you're gone and have those conversations and have the conversations that matter.
0: Excellent advice. And we definitely need to normalize these conversations uh, sooner than later, for sure. And so thank you so much, David, your book is it's so uh, it's so great. I, I definitely would recommend it to everyone. It's, uh, it's called uh, for our listeners, uh, executor help how to settle in a state, pick an executor and avoid family fights. And that's what you're doing. You're saving us all this trouble. I find your book to be very clear, concise. I like how you have boxed everything out on the pages, given clear um, steps to outline. This is what you do. This is what can go wrong. This is what can go right. It's absolute uh, golden knowledge for all of us. And so important to keep our families together because you had mentioned this would be a great Uh, gift because we're helping to keep families together and I feel like you you give us so much information in this book that helps us to really get everything settled in the shortest amount of time with the least amount of stress which is what we what we want to do and if you can help as many families as you've helped so far then it's all been uh, been worth the journey I hope.
1: (laughs) Well, thank so, you. Thank you for the kind words.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, excellent, excellent information. And uh, where can our listeners find you? Because I know you have a lot of excellent resources.
1: Well, you can find everything. You just go to com. On there, you can purchase the book through all the various online retailers. Um, you can click on to my podcast called Executor Help. There's a button up there. And um, I've got also free resources. I've got an executor um, executor checklist you can download so that you can put it in your bright red folder so that or, um so that you know, hey, I need to do this. I need to do that. have I done this? So uh, I've got that. I've got a, a a quiz. What kind of family are you? And you can answer some questions. and you'll get the answers in terms of what kind of family are you and what you need to do to go forward. And um, all of my social media, contacts are all on my website so if you just go to david.com um i can answer questions if anybody has any questions um it, but I, I just want to thank you for so much for having me on the show this has been um hopefully and 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 i and i know at the beginning of the show i said that men are more likely than women to have a will and 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 i found that surprising because i thought when i wrote the the book that it would be women because men um women out live uh men but I can even see when I come to the website, 60% of it, it's all men coming to the website and, and finding out. And whereas women, I feel are the breadwinners and clearly are the smarter ones in the relationship, <laughs> that they they need to be apprised of what needs to um, happen, not only for their family and their kids, but also their the burdens gonna fall on them looking after their, their parents.
0: You brought out such a great point, brought up such a great point. And there's so many areas that women are now uh, becoming uh, more educated on. And this is definitely one of them where we're seeing some changes. So thank you for bringing that to light. And again, David's website is davidey.com. It's E-D-E-Y.com. And David, it's been a pleasure. And we look forward to uh, possibly having you on again. And uh, we will continue this conversation. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. I look forward to it.
0: Take care. Bye, everyone. And we will see you again next week on the I Am Mom podcast. I'm your host, Dimple Aurora. Take care. Bye.